Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. FreshBooks is a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. Now used by over 10 million people worldwide. For your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter under 30 in the How Did You Hear About Us section. This is Forbes Under 30 on Podcast One. And I'm your host, Steve Goldblum. On the Forbes Under 30 podcast, we talk to young innovators, disruptors, and entrepreneurs. Today, we have a giant YouTube star with us, one of the originals. It's Bethany Mota. She's also an author. Her new book, Make Your Mind Up, recently hit bookshelves, and she's also a Forbes Under 30 alum. Bethany, it's great to have you. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. Now, do I say Beth or Bethany? Either one works. I prefer Beth, but you know. Let's go with Beth because I prefer Steve as opposed okay. to Bethany. So that's that we're we're perfect. <laughs> Got it. Where were you when you made your first YouTube video? What was the what were the circumstances? So I was thirteen years old. It was two thousand nine when I posted my first video. Oh my God. And I was always really shy growing up. So doing something like that was very out of the ordinary for me. And that's partly why it took me a while to actually get around to doing it because I was so afraid of judgment and what mm-hmm. people around me in my town would think. But I had just experienced cyberbullying when I was uh, 12, so like a year before that, and it really affected my self-confidence. It made me very insecure, and it kind of just put me into this unhappy situation where I just wasn't feeling motivated about really anything. So I started watching YouTube videos, and I saw a lot of girls my age, girls of all ages, guys of all ages, just making videos, and everyone spoke about whatever it was they enjoyed. And so I found the beauty community, which was like a lot of girls talking about makeup products, whatnot. And I just was more fascinated by the idea of being able to have a voice and an outlet to say whatever I felt and have that be like my own mini project. So I thought about it for a while. Then I finally made my first video with like no equipment, no proper equipment. I just worked with what I had. And after the first video, I just fell in love with it. And I decided to keep doing it. But I definitely didn't expect to be doing it for this long. And I'm really happy that I've been able to because it's completely changed my life. Can we play a little bit of your first YouTube video if we can find it? We'll play it. Sure. Hey guys, this is going to be my first video. Um, It's actually a haul video. I was talking to Allison. He's left Pinko 4 and she said that I should do a haul video on some Mac stuff that I just got. Plus, my Sephora package just came in today because I ordered some stuff from there. So, that's just going to be in here, too. And before I start, um, if you guys have any requests, because I'm going to be starting, like, a lot of tutorials and hauls and reviews and things. So, if you guys have any requests, just let me know in a message or a comment. So, yeah, let's get started. 
Now, you say you were bullied. Were you not homeschooled, though? I was homeschooled. I started homeschooling in around eighth grade. So then when, you know, YouTube started picking up and I was investing more time into that, it became easier because obviously, you know, I could choose when I did my work or I could get a right. lot of work done and then work on videos. But yeah, it was around eighth grade that I I decided to start homeschooling. Where did that decision come from? I mean, was that your your parents? Because you, you grew up in Merced, right? Yeah, it was a very small town. And my parents always gave my sister and I the choice if we wanted to be in public school or do homeschooling. I was homeschooled for a little bit when I was a lot younger. So I had already done it and I knew what it was like. And because they gave us the choice, I just it was just more me. Like, like I said, I was always very shy, very introverted. And so it was better for me, a better working environment for me to focus. Uh, and also, if I had not switched to homeschooling, I probably wouldn't have started YouTube because I think the thought of kids at school finding out about it would have been way too terrifying for me to actually follow through. Well, we're going to get to you know some of your talents for, you know, for, for being in front of the camera. But it's interesting when you look at the people who are really successful with YouTube, it's often people who were there first. So it sounds like you were there really early, right? Yeah. I mean, I started, you know, eight years ago. I don't think that the time that I got into it is completely responsible for why. And I don't think that it's impossible to gain a following now. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely much harder because there are so many more people on the platform. If you just compare, you know, now five years ago, social media in general has become incredibly powerful. And there's so many people on it now. Whereas back when I started, I don't think there were as many girls, especially my age, doing videos about makeup. So I would say it was a little bit easier. Um, but also, I think something important to note is that I didn't know it was possible to become a YouTuber or like to, to make a career out of it. I didn't know that that was a possibility because I had never really heard of that concept before. And even when explaining what I did to people, I always got the response of, oh, that's so cute. Like, that's adorable. You know, no one took me seriously right. with what I was doing. Whereas now there's so many people getting into it with the intention of having success and getting numbers and making a career out of it, which right. is completely fine. But I think because that wasn't my initial intention and because it's still not my intention, I was able to stick with it for so long because it can be very discouraging at times. You know, if you are very emotionally invested in it, it's a very creative job. So mm -hmm. if something doesn't go how you plan, you might take it personally, which I've been through that before, self-doubt, whatnot. But if I didn't really love it, I would have quit a long time ago. Well, let me ask you, did it bother you when you, you first started making the videos and people were just saying, hey, that's so cute or nice going or oh, things like that? Did you really want to be taken seriously in on that platform? To be completely honest, a part of me was a little bummed knowing that people didn't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I didn't care too much. If anything, hearing that made me love it more because I knew how much I enjoyed making these videos. And I just didn't feel the need to really persuade anyone on, you know, why it was important. I just knew that it meant something to me. And then there were, you know, it was small in the beginning, but there were people responding. There were people commenting and asking for more and saying that they related and resonated with what I was posting. So that was encouraging enough for me to keep going regardless of what people around me were saying about it. 
And we're breaking for a minute to introduce the all-new crossover Toyota CHR, Embrace the Unexpected. Born from the ingenuity of a race car driver, CHR is designed to maximize driving pleasure every time you turn the wheel. Distinctive style meets unique spirit in the all-new Toyota CHR, introducing an edgy crossover that effortlessly takes center stage, uniquely expressive. CHR's precision cut lines let it shine from every angle. Agile handling helps show off its athletic side with a driver-focused cockpit that keeps you in command, whether you are cruising through the city or taking on your favorite winding road. Tucked away neatly and nicely all throughout your CHR are advanced safety features and measures that are designed to help keep you alert and safe in the event of an accident. Because as any good driver knows, accidents can happen, and when it comes to driving, the best defense is a smart offense. So embrace and express that bold spirit in the smartest way possible. Visit toyota.com slash c-hr to learn more. Drivers are responsible for their own safe driving. Always pay attention to your surroundings and drive safely. Depending on the conditions of roads, weather, and the vehicle, the systems may not work as intended. The videos always follow the trend of sort of like a fashion tutorial or DIY tips on 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 beauty and things like that. Yeah, so my videos, even now, they're very seasonal. So, you know, whatever season we're in or holiday-based, some of them are trend-based as well. I think it's just being aware of, you know, what people are into. But more than that, what I've always tried to do is, yes, you know, serve to the trend, serve to what is relevant in this moment, but how can I make it unique to me? So how can I give people what they want to see, but also not sacrifice my creativity so that I can still be innovative with it? What can I bring to the table? Take this idea that maybe, you know, 100 people have already done, but what can I add to it to make it different? It sounds like one of the things that you add, and and I've seen your videos, is that you, you put yourself out there and you make yourself vulnerable for people. And I think people really relate to that. They respond to it. So When did you make that decision? In the very beginning, I felt so much pressure to do what other YouTubers were doing that were successful because I thought, oh, that's that's how you do it. Like, that's how you, you know, that's how you get people to respond. What were they doing? Um, I, I think it was just simple, like just feeling that I had to match people's energy or people's personality in the very beginning for a short time I felt that way. And I realized, you know, I'm not going to be happy if I'm trying to, you know, almost copy somebody else. I think it's great to be inspired by other people and be motivated by someone else's passion and what they do. But understanding that you are different and whatever you make is going to be unique because you are not that person. And I didn't embrace that in the beginning. And then over time, I got more comfortable. And for example, I started putting like bloopers in my videos because I right. stumble over my words a lot and I'm very strange. And so I started putting that stuff in and they loved it. And I I was so scared. I remember because I was like, this isn't professional. Like this isn't, this doesn't even make sense with the video. Like it's just random footage of me messing up and they loved it. So I included more of that. So I think it is embracing you, your personality. There's things about you that people are going to fall in love with if you allow yourself to showcase it. What's interesting, you know, when you look at your videos, you're doing t- direct-to-camera, confessional-style talking, talking, but at the same time, you do incorporate a lot of sketch and writing to it that I think, you know, and I know is, you know, and I'm in production myself, it just must take a lot of time. 
So how much time does it take when you put a video out there? Like walk us through the editorial and production process of putting together a video. Yeah, it really depends what the video is. Because there are some videos that I'll shoot that take maybe 30, 40 minutes if they're sit down. Uh, but then there are videos that are a little bit more written out, like you said, like whether it's, you know, sketch or even a fashion video. There's a fashion video I did uh, earlier this year, and I was really inspired by uh, La La Land because they had amazing transitions. And so I kind of wanted to incorporate cool transitions into a fashion video. And that's what I mean by taking a concept. It's simple. You know, I'm showing people outfits, giving them advice for what to wear. But I added a storyline to it and I tried to make it interesting to watch so that you right. can't just look away from it. So this video took a couple days to shoot and then a few days to edit. I mean, it really depends. It could take anywhere from two days to two weeks. Um, but I just love when I can really unleash my cr creativity in any way with like that video, for example, of, you know, I did like Monday through Friday, different outfits, and I just gave it a story so that it was a little bit more special than just a fashion video. How much of the production are you doing? I'm still pretty involved. I, I struggle with giving that control to somebody else just because I started doing it all on my own. I taught myself how to film, how to edit, how to produce my own videos right. from the beginning, which I'm not, you know, I don't consider myself like a professional editor or anything, but I have my style and my way that I do things. So giving that to someone is a lot. So if I could film myself on location when I'm doing a fashion video, I would, I would jump out of my body and do it. But because I can't, I work with cinematographers. Uh, but the editing is the one thing that I, I get some help with if I if there's something that is too challenging or I really don't know how to do uh, just to get it done quicker. But for the most part, I do a lot of the editing still. And now we're taking a quick break to say that a curious thing happened to FreshBooks on its way to becoming the largest cloud accounting software platform for small business owners in the world. As a company, they've managed to stay small while soaring to over 10 million users strong. Or is it the other way around? Has FreshBooks customer base soared because their company has stayed small? Named as a small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year, FreshBooks has been recognized for focusing on greatness over growth. By drastically simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses and getting paid online, and delivering award-winning customer service that usually picks up in under three rings, FreshBooks has changed how small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. This is really only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do, and they want you to see more. To claim your 30-day free trial, no credit card required, just go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter under 30 in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And the Forbes Under 30 podcast is also brought to you by the all-new crossover Toyota CHR. Edgy, stylish, and fun to drive. Visit toyota.com slash C-HR to learn more. Embrace the unexpected. At what point, Beth, did it become a business for you? Like when you were doing this and it was therapeutic and it, it made you feel good and you, you, you know, you, it, it clearly made other people feel good. At what point, though, did it become a business where you realized um, you could monetize some of the channels? When did you when did that happen? It was I feel like just maybe half a year after doing it, I started being approached by brands and I thought it was cool. But at the same time, I got really scared because I thought if I 
gave into that, if I, if I started treating it like a business and accepting that it was now a career, that I would lose passion for it. Uh, so I, I almost didn't want to do those things. And the opportunities have changed over time. But yeah, I would say the first opportunity that I got was probably, you know, six or seven months after starting. And I just, I was like, no, I don't want to, like, I don't want this to be a business. It's going to ruin it. I'm not going to enjoy it anymore. And then I realized, you know, I, I don't have to work with every brand that comes along. I can tailor it and I can do what works for me. And I should be embracing the fact that, yes, this is my career. Like I got into this at a really rough time in my life and I'm grateful that I can do what I love for a living. I think that's amazing. And so now I've learned to embrace it in that way instead of feeling like it takes the passion away just because it is my career, because that's not true. So as the brands approach you, then that means the business has to sort of approach you as well. So when do agents and managers start to enter your life and how did that how did that relationship go? Maybe after a year or two, it started getting, you know, I had a manager and I my dad is my manager now, which is great. Uh, I think it's just for me, that's the thing is, is working with brands and doing more business related things. It's different every time. For me, I always just stick to what I genuinely love. That's the thing. I talk about products in my videos on my channel. Right. And a lot of the products I talk about aren't even sponsored. There's no sponsorships or anything because what it comes down to is I started doing this because I loved it and I, and I only spoke about things that I really enjoyed. So that's not going to change regardless. As long as I stick to what I genuinely love and am passionate about, then I'm okay. So I, yeah, it was different being so young and like treating it like a business and and getting into this at a very young age. But I just, you know, I'm like, I just have to stick to what I love and what I feel passionate about. And that is kind of what guides me as far as the business stuff. And that's comfortable for you having your father as the manager and it's, it's not too much mixing family and business. No, I think we have we have a very good relationship and it works really well. And I know that I can trust him and he gets it. He gets social media. So it's good. At what point do you look at the comments that you're getting and the comments are now out of control because you're getting millions of views? At what point do you develop a thick skin so that comments and everything people say they can, you know, like roll off your back or, or did they keep you up at night? So like I said, I was cyberbullied before I got into YouTube. So that was kind of my first time experiencing hate over the internet. Mm-hmm. That one was a little bit different because it, it, it was from people that I knew. Um, so I think it's just this, it was this feeling of being confused as to why someone would want to make me feel that way. Um, so I feel like by the time I got into YouTube and I started getting hate comments there, it already didn't bother me as much because I had already went through that previous experience. But that's not to say that you know, sometimes people will say that one thing that you're already feeling and they call it out and you're just like, okay, great. Now, now I don't feel good. Thanks. (laughs) Um, so I have had to deal with that and I have had hate comments through YouTube that have made me feel a specific way. But what I've learned is that it's never personal because one time there was this girl that would write comments on every single one of my videos and she would find something negative to say. And I remember thinking like, oh, she's not going to be able to say anything bad about this one. She always found something because she decided that she wanted to find something. So she was going. 
So one day I reached out to her, just sent her a positive message, and she ended up replying and apologizing and saying that she was going through something in her life and was just taking it out on random people because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to do that on the internet. It's anonymous. You know, they don't see your face and and you can say whatever you want. It's so easy and you don't even think about how that can make this person feel. And that's what she was doing. Um, And that just changed my perspective because I was like, oh, here I am, you know, victimizing myself, being like, why is this girl treating me this way? When in reality, She's not feeling okay herself, so she's taking it Mm -hmm. out on me. And I think that goes for just bullying in general. If you think about when you're so happy, when you're feeling extremely fulfilled in your life, the last thing that you care to do is make someone feel bad. You just don't care. You don't want to put your energy into that. So it's a pretty clear indicator if someone is trying to make you feel a certain way, trying to make you feel bad, that there's something that's going on inside of them that makes them want to lash out. So you can almost think of it as maybe I can do something to help this person, which is an interesting way to think about it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right too with incredible deals during our spring black Friday sale, like 19 ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants four for $10 and pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. Hey guys, it's Richard Blaze. And I'm Jasmine Blaze. Listen, we got a new show coming out every week with Podcast One. It's called Starving for Attention. Get an entertaining, behind-the-scenes look at the world of food with me, chef, television personality, and author. And I'm here to make sure he behaves himself and doesn't make up any words. I make up lots of words. And we're going to be talking to anyone and everyone in the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, television hosts, famous chefs, producers of your favorite cooking and competition shows, and more. Here's some spontaneous back-of-house conversation about what it takes to make it in different parts of the food business, global trends, and where the industry overlaps with entertainment. Plus, play along with our games, trivia, and other wacky moments. You're going to get hungry for more or possibly terrified to go to restaurants. Either way, we're going to have some fun. Whether you like it or not. Pull up a seat every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Braintree. If you think that your payment system exists solely for the purpose of transferring money from a customer's wallet to yours, think again. Braintree. Rethink payments. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. Let me ask you this. You work from home. Yeah. Do you ever find it isolating that you have this enormous virtual footprint and following, but you're alone most of the day i mean other than the people who you work with or around you and 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 i'm assuming some friends but it's it's a it's a stark contrast to the the audience that you have and i'm just curious because you have to produce so much content you have to be in isolation does that ever get to you not anymore i think because i realized i can do things to not feel that way Because I used to feel really guilty about doing anything other than work. I I would feel bad if I went to the movies with friends or went to dinner with friends. The whole time I would be thinking about what I could be doing right now if I was home, how much work I could be getting done. And I wasn't enjoying my time with friends and family. Or like we should be filming this. 
Right, right, exactly. Which is, it's so easy to feel that pressure, especially now with social media. There is that pressure of like, you can't enjoy a moment or a moment didn't happen unless it was documented. And I used to do that way too much. And I would feel pressure if I wasn't filming. And now I've learned that if I stuck to that and, and only just, if I just worked all the time and didn't make time for myself, I wouldn't be as happy. And that would show through in what I'm making. I have to keep myself happy so that the work that I'm creating is even better because it really does shine through. So if you think about it, making that time for your friends and family is almost part of the work. It's part of the creative process because it keeps you enlightened and happy. And you don't always have to, you know, document those things. So now it's, I don't really feel that isolation anymore because I make it a point to set time away for personal things. Right. Well, that's, that's smart. You've, that's very, very well adjusted of you. I want to know the, your take on new media versus traditional media, because if you look at your resume, you'll see that you know, you've, you've created this enormous channel. At the same time, you've participated in some, some old-school media, like you were on season 19 of Dancing with the Stars. You were a guest judge, season 13 of Project Runway. So what's that, what are those experiences like when you go into the juggernaut of, of, of television with all the producers and the studio time and the limited screen time? What is that like for you? I mean, doing Dancing with the Stars, for example, was very different. It's just a different world because being a YouTuber, I'm so used to being able to have control of what I do. You know, I am director, producer, editor, like I have complete control over what goes out. So it was really terrifying (laughs) situation where it's like, oh, you filmed, you just filmed eight hours of me straight and I don't know what you're going to. And you could make, you could make me look terrible. It's, it's really their decision, right? Totally. That's terrifying. That was one of the reasons why I almost didn't do it was because not having that control freaked me out. (laughs) And I'm happy I did it. It was an incredible experience. Um, It was stressful, challenging. It was just amazing. But also anything that I've done, you know, in traditional media, I personally see social media as it's so powerful, you know, and it's like I said, it's the only place I've found so far that really allows me to have complete control over what I do. And that's what I want. So that's why YouTube is number one for me and why it will continue to be. And anything else that I do that's, you know, in traditional is just kind of a way to bring people back to the main place for me, which is online. And we're taking a short break to let you know that small businesses are the heart of our communities. They're the places we could not live without. Whether you're looking to create a website for your business or a personal blog, you'll make a big impact when you build your site on WordPress.com. Even if you don't have experience building a website, WordPress.com can guide you through the process. They have hundreds of customized themes to get you started. You'll get built-in social sharing. And if you're on WordPress.com, you immediately have a leg up on everyone else when it comes to search engine optimization. On WordPress.com, you are part of a community with support 24-7 when you need it. So you can easily create high-quality content with no distractions 
and focus on running your business. Come see why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with a 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to wordpress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's wordpress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website, wordpress.com slash Forbes. Well, you you have a tremendous following. So there's like, oh, I think, you, and you correct me on these, but it's a, a million five subscribers on YouTube. We're over ten million on YouTube. Forgive me, you're yeah. ten million subscribers on YouTube. That's unbelievable. Yeah. On Twitter, you have four and a half million, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Now, but you're following forty five thousand people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? My fingers are still hurting from that. I mean, they, um, they, like it just must be moving. Like, can you even read the tweets? Yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. My timeline on Twitter is insane. Yeah, there are like hundreds of tweets coming in every second. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I just I love finding ways to interact with my viewers in in a more personal way, and so I've done you know Motivator Mondays where I basically just like interact with them over Twitter and okay. follow a lot of people and direct message them. So yeah, I'm following a lot of people it's, it's really hard to keep <laughs> where were you when you found out that you were going to get to interview the president of the united states barack obama and not just interview him but like sit down with him in in a situation it was like a 25 minute interview yeah i don't know where i was actually when i found out i have no idea i just know that i I was like, wait, are you guys sure like do you want me really you were <laughs> 19 like, years old yeah, and and the thing is too is like I don't I don't talk about politics, you know, on my yeah. YouTube channel or anywhere. So I was like, you guys want me to interview the president? What? I think you have the wrong girl. <laughs> um, and it wasn't but, on anything frivolous. It was like how to pay for college. Yeah, so we spoke about college and and a few other things. But I was just I was terrified because again, it was it was live, and I had one shot to sit down with him for twenty minutes and talk to him. I was like, I'm going to say something wrong. I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to forget everything. We actually had a fake interview the day before the real one, just like rehearsal with a fake fake President Obama. And (laughs) I, I, we had like our own individual little boots that he would like sit at and we would talk to him at. So this fake president comes up to me, he sits down and I'm shaking and I'm so You were nervous for the fake president. Yeah. And then I'm like, I say to myself in my head, Bethany, this isn't this isn't even Obama. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to be like tomorrow when you're actually at the White House sitting down with him? You're going to be a mess. So we did, you know, the fake interview, the little mm-hmm. rehearsal. And then the day of, I was just as nervous. I had to hold my hands the entire interview because I was shaking. My lips were shaking. That's never happened to me before. I've never been so nervous in my life, but (laughs) he was incredibly easy to talk to. And I remember leaving the White House just feeling like, did that happen? (laughs) Honestly, it's all a blur. You did very well. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think it's good to be nervous like that. I think it means your body is taking it seriously. And it's actually a good look. Like when you see the interview, I think it's, 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 I think it's healthy. Also with nerves, I, I, I've learned to embrace nerves. I used to be afraid of getting nervous and now. It's like it's just an indicator that you really care about whatever it is you're doing or about to do. It means something to you. And I think that's 
that's important. You should only be doing things that actually mean something. Yeah, and it was a 25-minute interview. It was unbelievable. And when he walked over to you, he did the classic president move where there was a photo and he goes, who's this? And you said, you're like Melanie. And he goes, will you tell Melanie I say hello? <laughs> it was yeah. like your niece or something? Yeah, she loved that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was amazing. Now, was that it? Was Because I, I actually think I saw everything. It was like a very behind the scenes, like there was a wide shot. I, he walked by and then he, that I saw everything, right? Or were there yeah, any, did you have that, any personal moments with him off camera? Yeah, no, they, they pretty much covered everything mm -hmm. during the live stream. So you saw it all and saw the selfie moment, which was <laughs> exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Let me ask you this. If given the opportunity, would you go back to Pennsylvania Avenue to to speak with the sitting president? I don't know. We'll see. I haven't been given the opportunity, so you never know. Let me ask you this. You have Business Insider said that you were earning roughly $40,000 a month on your videos. Is that true? I'm not able to say that. I'm sorry. I can't I can't give you a yes or no. But I mean I, I am able to make a living off of what I do, which I think is incredible. That and, is incredible. And so many other YouTubers are able to do the same. So, yeah, I can't say specifically, but, yeah, that's all I can tell you. You know, since you are earning a living and you're making money off the, off these products, is there pressure now when you put out the videos that you're like, you know what, if this, do, if this one doesn't reach a million, I'm, I might lose this sponsorship or I might lose this. Do you feel that pressure now as the business grows for you? No, not really. Look, like I said, I think for me, whenever I focus on numbers, it really just takes it takes the, the passion and the love out of it. I mean, look, it is it is a job and that is something that you have to be concerned with. Mm -hmm. But I've learned for me at the end of the day, worrying about that too much and giving it too much power can really, you know, destroy the love of it. When you get so caught up in numbers and, oh, this didn't get as many views as I thought it would be, you know, like I said before, it's like it can affect you personally. So it's like if I put out this video and like I expect it to do this and it doesn't, right. if I let that affect me and if I let it, you know, if I allow myself to be defined by numbers, then I'm never going to be happy. So my biggest priority in what I do is keeping myself happy because that's what I do. I show me, you know, I show Bethany. I talk about the things that I love that I'm interested in my life. So if I'm not happy in my life, then that will show through. And I believe that when I'm happy, that's when the, the audience responds and that's when everything kind of does well. So if I focus on numbers that, you know, may not be so reliable, my happiness can be a roller coaster. Right. Can you tell us, walk us through a typical day for you? It changes all the time. Uh, that's the thing about YouTube life. You never know. I mean, if I'm working on a video, it's wake up, write it. If it's like a sketch video, then I would I would probably spend a couple days writing. Right. So if it's like shoot day, I'm I'll like wake up and prep everything, film. Filming can take you know, however many hours, and then editing. It's like it really really depends. If I'm on location, because sometimes if there's like a specific video where I need like this backdrop or I can't shoot it in my apartment, then I'll drive to wherever I want to film it to fit the theme. I filmed videos kind of all over the place, like summer videos, obviously at the beach or right. I've traveled to the snow just to get like the right scenery. Um, it's crazy the the things that I've done in places I've traveled for a video, but it's worth it. And it, it's just very unpredictable. 
And stay with us while I remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Braintree. When it comes time to check out, consumers have come to expect a wide range of payment options. Or to be more accurate, there are a wide range of consumers out there, and every one of them expects you to offer their preferred payment method. You can look at this as a hassle, but Braintree would suggest you look at it as an opportunity. When you rethink your payments, it's easy to let your customers have it their way. Braintree. Rethink payments. Find out more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. And the Forbes Under 30 podcast is also brought to you by WordPress.com. More websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Create your blog or small business website today and get 15% off any new plan purchase at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. We're talking in the beginning about YouTube becoming really, really busy and saturated. Do you see it changing at all? Do you see user-generated content changing? I mean, YouTube Red is, is, is producing more original content. Where do you see it going? I think just the power of social media and YouTube is insane. I've, I'm really happy that I've been able to be a part of it the past eight years because I've seen it completely transform and grow. Mm-hmm. And to see people who are able to create these beautiful lives out of what they do on the internet, I think is insane. So, I mean, it's hard to predict where it's going to be because it's already so different than it was five years ago. Um, technology in general, you know, my niece has an iPad. It's just <laughs> insane. The niece um, that Obama said hello to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just going to become more powerful. For me, you know, I spend it's also my job, but I spend so much time on social media, on my phone. Like it's so accessible and I think that's what people love about it is they can access these videos whenever they want to on their own time. Right. I think that's what makes it special. And also YouTube specifically if we're, if we're talking about, you know, YouTube creators, it's how personal it is. Right. You know, there's so many people breaking down these walls and letting people in in a way that just wasn't heard of before, you know, and that's something that people connect to, you know, people who, yes, there's negativity on the internet, but there's so much positivity that comes out of it as well. Like for me, I've had my viewers, it's, it's a community now. It's not like they just watch the video and then, the, you know, they turn it off. Like you watch something and turn the TV off. You know, there's a forum at the, the bottom of every video. People are commenting back with each other. They're, you know, creating friendships, actual friendships. People who watch my videos have come to meet and greets of mine and said, oh, I met this girl through your videos and we met up and now we're best friends. That is amazing to me. The fact that you can actually create bonds with people who have a similar interest. I right. think that's what it's so special and what makes it so powerful is because there's an emotional connection that people are having that I don't think you could get anywhere else. I want to make sure that our listeners understand the size of your of your following because if you look at like ABC News they're shy of 3 million subscribers. You have 10 million subscribers. You are your own network. Where can't you go? Where people are coming up to you you know, Bethany Mota at the airport and they want a piece of you or whether it's at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, what are the places you go where you find you see your audiences in real life? For me, it's like if I'm just like out shopping, a lot of times I'll run into viewers of mine. But I think what's really cool and unique is that 
when they come up to me, it's never awkward. And there's not really a lot of hesitation on their part. It's just very friendly. And it feels like we already know each other. Like one girl came up to me um, when I was in the mall and she was like, hey, Beth, and like gave me a hug. And I stopped <laughs> for a second. I was like, oh, my gosh, did I used to go to school with this girl? Right. Like, is she a family friend? I don't remember her name. Just because the way that she approached me was if we have met, you know, we have hung out before. And I think that's what's so amazing about the community that I have online. So I love meeting them in person. We've been doing a lot of meet and greets for my book and seeing them in person, it's just, I can't even describe it. And like they get emotional and it's just amazing to see the impact that my videos can have because I don't, I don't really realize it just because I'm used to reading comments. So seeing their faces and seeing the the response in person is a completely different experience. Will you be at VidCon in Anaheim this summer? I will be at VidCon. Yeah, I'm very excited. I actually, I went to the first ever VidCon, so it's very close to my heart. I love it. This is the largest online gathering of video creators. And that, that experience for you, will, I, will you be pushing the book at VidCon? Yeah, so I have a book signing there, which is going to be awesome. Again, another opportunity to meet my viewers, celebrate the book, and it's going to be a good time. Tell us about the book. So the book is called Make Your Mind Up, and it basically touches on a lot of different things. So I wanted to make sure I included what you would see on my channel. So it's very heavy in lifestyle, talking Mm -hmm. about beauty, fashion, health, that kind of stuff. But also, I love self-help books and self-improvement, so I knew I wanted that to be a very big component as well. So I talk about things that are very close to my heart, like self-confidence, self-love, body image, um, just more personal things that I've kind of touched on before, but not in this way. I was very vulnerable when writing this book. And it was a little scary. I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to read this. Like, I don't know if I want to say these things, uh, Right. Uh, but I'm so happy that I, that I did. Cause now reading it back, it's like, I wish I had something like this when I was going through cyberbullying to kind of look to someone who had been through it before, someone who, you know, could give me advice on, on loving my body and loving myself more. So I really hope that that can you know, be helpful to at least just a few people. You know, as you've spent the last decade now building this audience and and making yourself vulnerable and, and kind of living your life uh, publicly, is there any part of you that wants to turn it off? Or later, do you think you'll say, you know what, I'm, I don't want to share my 30s with the world? To be honest, I don't feel that much pressure in that area because I think I still have the luxury to be able to show what I want and keep private what I what I want to be more personal in my life. I don't share absolutely everything about my life. And that's why I don't think that I would ever feel like, oh, I just want to shut it all off because I think I still have a good balance of personal things and things that I do share with everybody. So I've, I've yeah, I've never felt like, oh, I have to share absolutely everything. I think that I'm able to open up to my audience in a personal way without feeling like I'm giving everything. All right. Well, I finally, I just want to ask you, um, Beth, is there anything uh, that you're not doing now that you would like to be? Honestly, for me, it's just continuing to create things. I 
I just love the idea of, you know, having a vision in your head and bringing it to life. That's what I've been able to do with the book. That's what I do with my videos. So I don't know exactly what that is next, but as long as I can keep creating and challenging myself and growing, then that's what matters to me. I'm just going to add this question in because we talked about it earlier. How did you resolve cyberbullying when you were 13 years old? It took me a, a little bit. I, I first was very affected by it personally. Like I said, I let it affect my confidence. I became very insecure. And already being a shy person growing up, it made me even more isolated. And over time, I just was able to develop confidence. And I think YouTube was a really big part of that. But that can be anything for people. You know, it's it was facing a fear is what it was. It was stepping out of my comfort zone and making a decision to stop feeling insecure and stop feeling negative. It took time. And to be completely honest, like I still have days where I'm not feeling so good about myself, like we all do. But I think the biggest change that I made was no longer putting my happiness in someone else's hands or something else's hands. It could be, you know, if you want to impress somebody or like we spoke about before, if you rely on numbers on social media, right. it's important. It doesn't always have to be a person. Basically, when you rely on something other than yourself to feel validated, and that's what I did for so long. And it's a lot of energy when you're trying to be something to impress somebody because you might get the reaction and you're going to feel amazing, but you won't always get the reaction. So it's not reliable. Right. What is reliable is yourself and knowing who you are and not feeling ashamed for your opinions and the things that you enjoy and embracing all of those things. And it takes time. It's hard. It's not like I'm confident and suddenly, you know, you never feel insecure again. It takes maintenance. But Everything is a habit. And I feel like if you get in the habit of picking out negative things about yourself, picking out flaws, you become comfortable doing that. It becomes certain and you just continue doing it. So if you can change those habits into positive ones, you're going to continue doing those as well. Finally, Beth, is it, is it difficult for you when you're meeting new people now that you have a public profile? Do you have to, are you a little wary when you, when you allow new people into your life? Not really. I think for me, if I if I did that and if I had that mindset, I could possibly be missing out on a lot of amazing friendships and just getting to know people. So I, that's something I personally just try not to think about because I feel like it would hold me back from opening up to people that I could possibly have a really incredible friendship with. Okay, well, Beth, I appreciate you spending this much time with us. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under 30. That's the number 30 at podcastone.com. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying. And the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is 
tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.